welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. I grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. This midweek episode, we'll be going... My words. We're going to be going over um, the Is It Worth Playing series, and we're going to be looking at the game Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Now, it sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds ridiculous, but just hear me out on this one. It's from the producers of Borderlands, so that is... Oh my god, I can't remember their names, but it's right there in my head. I can see it. Um, Gearworks, I believe. Um, They have made Borderlands, Borderlands uh, 2, Borderlands pre-sequel, and Borderlands 3, all very good games. And uh, Tony Tina's Wonderland is a spin on it. It's a spin on the Borderlands games, and essentially it is a online or a co-op, can be a co-op, first-person shooter in a fantasy world. Um, this fantasy world obviously has everything. It's kind of played in a D&D style, so you have everything from unicorns called Butt Stallion to a floating, like, giant person who's conducting... You're basically a piece on this board and uh, the main or the end boss and the repetitive content that you can do at the end is against the Dungeon Master. Um, And the Dungeon Master is from the Borderlands games. It is Tina, um, or Tiny Tina, as she's known. And essentially, it's really fun and actually quite engaging. It's more of a comedy uh, first-person shooter. You obviously have a lot of loot that you can get. You have a lot of different things that you can do. So talent trees, you can get uh, different types of grenades, different types of weapons, such as SMGs, uh, pistols, uh, absolutely anything that you can think of. Crossbow guns. Um, It's all a bit crazy. You can be multiple, uh, not races, um, specializations, such as wizard, spore ranger, stuff like that. So a hunter technically. Berserk or Berserker because they specialize in frost damage, so you know that kind of thing. Um, you can have multiple builds, you can mix and match, so you can be a Berserker and a Wizard, so you can be a warrior that has spells essentially, kind of kind of like a DD, so a fighter in DD. Um, that's kind of where it draws its influence from. But Tiny Tina's Wonderland is a first person shooter, it is a fantasy first-person shooter. The purpose of it is there is a storyline and you progress through the storyline, but you ultimately have a lot of replayability towards the end. If you think of the replayability as Mythic Plus dungeons uh, in World of Warcraft, so you can keep progressing these Mythic Plus dungeons and get harder and harder like difficulties, and this rewards you with better guns, better loot, like you say, and... Uh, Essentially, you can just keep going up. You can find different builds that do different things. You can find different guns that sort of beam onto other things. Like, it's absolutely crazy. You have mobs everywhere. These mobs range from mimics in Dungeons & Dragons to zombies, you know, mummies, that kind of thing. And then you have, like, a dragon lord at the end, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, there's a nice twist at the end with the campaign. You also have multiple DLCs. You have about three or four at the moment. And I think that they'll bring out more. You also have stuff that you can do in World of Warcraft, like transmog. You can customise your character. So I look like a samurai, but I'm a... What what class was I? I was a dragon. 
no, I wasn't a dragon personally, but I was a claw bringer. And essentially what I had as a ability was Thor's hammer. I could throw out this giant hammer and recall it to me and it would do damage to everything in its path. If it hit the floor, it would create a sort of zone that would deal damage, you know, that kind of thing. And I had a pet dragon, which is pretty cool. But I had a massive sort of samurai hat. You know how monks in World of Warcraft have like the really obvious tier set that it was made for monks, kind of like a um, kung fu type of thing with like a sort of ball at the front, that kind of thing. Um, that's what my character's uh, headpiece looks like. You can customize the colors of it. So I went with a blue, obviously, because I, I just enjoy blue. Um, but you can get many, many different cosmetics during the game and this is again another replayability of the game itself farming these cosmetics because they drop from uh different sources so different bosses in certain zones or a mythic plus dungeon as it's called they're called oh my god what are they called i've gotten i'm, I'm just going to refer to them as mythic pluses um but yeah they're really really like enjoyable and although the mobs in these mythic pluses are the same mostly um, you can dictate it by increasing the difficulty in the actual Mythic Plus itself. So after you've cleared a area, you get two choices. You can make it more difficult or you can make it a bit easier on yourself. And, you know, you can do it that kind of way. At the end of the run, you have these shards. And these shards, essentially, you can use them to purchase guns or get a lot of random guns out of a certain... Um, this is going to sound weird, but a bunny. There's like these bunny statues on each side of the room and you go up to them and you feed this bunny shards. And if you feed it a certain amount of shards, it will throw up or vomit um, guns. It, it sounds ridiculous. But as you're feeding the shards, you obviously the belly of this uh, rabbit or bunny get bigger and bigger until it just vomits it out all of the guns or the grenades that you want or the relics or the spells you know whatever you wanted essentially is it easy to pick up yes it is a very easy game to pick up if you enjoy anything that's kind of fantasy um if you enjoy first person shooters as well i would very much recommend it it's such a good take on first person shooters and it's a completely chilled game it's not like going into Call of Duty and you're just playing uh, multiplayer constantly and it's like PvP. It's always, or a lot of it is PvE. I don't think there's PvP in Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland. And uh, this makes it a lot more chilled, in my opinion. It is very much player versus environment, but you can invite your friends to obviously like join along. And the enemies get stronger or weaker depending on how many people are in the game. So if it's... Uh, it's scaled to one person if you're just in the game, whereas if you're playing with four friends or three friends, sorry, as a party of four, it would scale these mobs to four person difficulty, um, kind of like D&D as well. So, yes, I would say it's very easy to pick up. In terms of the replayability, I've gone through a lot of the things already, but I would say that it is very much a replayable game. Because you're having to, there's so many different specializations and um, sort of uh, mix and matches of the talent trees that you can do in the game that you'll never be bored. If it's like, oh, I'm bored of having a dragon and a mushroom as a pet, like I go for a pet build almost, 
then you can say, oh, okay, I prefer just throwing a hammer and one-shotting everything. You can do that. You can do that by changing yourself to a Clawbringer and a Wizard rather than a Clawbringer and a Spore Ranger or whatever it was called. So there's many different things that you can do replayability-wise. Is it fun? Hell yeah, it's fun. If you get one of your friends, two of your friends on this game, it's a blast. Now, obviously, you can enjoy it solo as well, but any game, I think, in existence is always more enjoyable with a friend. Um, I don't think I would have found a game that's not possible to have more enjoyment, um, not with your friends, to be honest. Obviously, solo player games do not count um, because they're just... They they don't count. <laughs> In terms of a rating, it's a game that I was really looking forward to. It came out early last year. Um, it's a game that I still replay today constantly. Um, if I've got nothing else to do, you know, I, I've basically completed it, but I like to go back, look at the DLCs, try different builds, that kind of thing. So it has a lot of replayability. The pickup, like, is it easy to pick up? It really is. The genre I always have adored because it's very much a cartoon style. Um, not so much if you're thinking Tom and Jerry or SpongeBob or anything like that. It's I really don't know how to explain it. It's it, it's so unique in its own effect that only I can I can only um, sort of put it to other Borderlands games. Like I can only compare it to other Borderlands games because there's nothing like it at all. So I would say that it's an amazing sort of look, essentially. I said genre. I don't know why I said genre. But the fantasy and first-person shooter are amazing, and they've done an amazing job at it. So rating-wise, I'd have to give it a solid 8 out of 10. 8.5, yeah, solid 8, 8.5 out of 10. Um, Anywhere between 8 or 9, to be honest, depending on how I feel during the day. But that is it for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Please do check out the Patreon as well as Twitch and YouTube. Constant stuff happening over there. Thank you all very much. And go with Valor, friend. Goodbye, all.